are listening to The Keys 107, opening the doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness with your host, Rafika and Brother James. This is Brother James, the co-host of the Keys 107 here in New York. We are having a wonderful afternoon today, but we need to understand that everything is not wonderful everywhere. Tonight, we will deal with the social key. As many of you have been on our, our station before, we always deal with the seven keys of life, and the social key, which is the seventh key, is dealing with the social events and activities in our community with the emphasis on acts of kindness. Well, our special guest today, uh, Queen Yonazada Longwolf, will be on in a few moments to talk to us and give us an update on the Standing Rock situation. Things have escalated there, and we uh, want to hear more what's going on and how we can help and contribute to uh, helping our brothers and sisters who are on the front lines there. Um, I want to say to um, everyone who is listening that this struggle that we're having in terms of um, getting justice in the land goes back a long way. But I once heard uh, one of our great esteemed brothers, the great reformer, leader, teacher, and freedom fighter of the Native Americans, he once said that that the earth itself is sacred. It's the, it's the grandmother. It is a living organism in space, and that water is its life force. So this is worthy for us to, to champion a cause in which we need to um, to 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 provide protection of the waters. So this is this particular episode is dedicated to all those who are just doing just that. I'm not going to hold you long, but we're making sure that we have contact with our special guests. What we normally do, we uh, we take a moment um, each each segment to have a healthy tip of the day. Um, so we're going to. Um, go into a healthy tip of the day. And the healthy tip today, folks, is that we should pray and sing often. And that goes directly with, in line with the spirit and the traditions of our Native brothers and sisters. So stand by for a moment. And as we do this wonderful prayer, I want you to send your heart out to the brothers and sisters out in South Dakota the Standing Rock, and be in solidarity with them. We'll be right back. The Keys 107 and RosicaCS.com present the Healthy Tip of the Day.
brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, we are all related. We want to thank the drummers and the singers of that most sacred song of the traditional Lakota uh, song. It's for the veterans and the soldiers, those who will go out on the battlefield. We respect them. It is all about us relating to one another. Our cultures are not that much different. In fact, if any of us who are on the line are Muslims, many of what we believe and what, how we live is directly in tune to how our Native brothers and sisters are uh, living and have lived over the years. I want to say to you that, um, that this, uh, the sister whom we are bringing on board today is very unique in the sense that she incorporates all that into her life. And it does not come without uh, preparation. Her mother, Juanita Longwolf, a very outstanding, a very spiritual woman who once said that there are no illness, only a lack of wellness. And so it's befitting of her daughter to carry her spirit, to go and fight, to keep the wellness in our community so there will be no illness. Um, we know that it takes work to stay healthy and stay alive. Our sister is out the, in the forefront. These young brothers and sisters who are with her, uh, I have to mention uh, KCIMC, uh, Sister Flores, and Wazene Wynn, and also Natani uh, Means, which um, I want to say to you, brother, that it was your father that introduced me into the Native um, you know, culture, you know, your father, your great, your great father, Russell Means. So I just wanted to preface that and say to you folks that who are maybe on the reservation now, I remember hearing many years ago that the Defense Department still considers the reservation as prisoner of war camps. And that particular one out there in South Dakota, which is known by Pine Ridge, is, is really camp number 44. It's still on the books as a prisoner of a war camp. These are the things that we don't know, and they don't care to share with us. So we're just trying to um, bring, uh, uh, bring you some enlightenment until Sister is ready to come on the air. I want to say also that when we talk about, as we heard, I, I mentioned earlier that Russell Means meant, told us that the, uh, the earth was the grandmother. He also said that the mountains are like the breast, which nurtures uh, our spiritual self. So our, we have to relate to all things living and even the non-living entities because we are the supreme ones. You know, we are here to take care of the earth. And this is why it, it's so meaningful for men and women to stand up today and stand for a cause to take care of our mother earth. And it's very important. Now, I think she should be calling at any moment, but Rafika, are you online with us this evening? But of course, um, Brother James, I am here, and I thank you for that um, very enlightening introduction to uh, our show today. And you know, I was doing some surfing on the internet, and one of the things that I found a little uh, disturbing was the announcement that the uh, construction is currently stalled on the Dakota Access Pipeline which would connect North Dakota's bacon shale development to oil tank farms in Illinois. The protest is led by members of the Standing Rock Sioux Sioux, Sioux, Sioux tribe 
the onion providers answers to key questions about the product. So I'm reading right now from the onion.com and I think that statement that the construction is currently stalled, we need to investigate that and we're going to ask uh, Yanazada for some enlightenment on that as soon as she comes in. But I want to thank all of our callers who are on the line right now. Our switchboard is heavy with listeners, and we thank you all for tuning in to this very important matter. You know, when we look at the history of America and around this time of year, when we begin to look at or I should say maybe introspectively, maybe through conversation of what Thanksgiving means. And in schools today, little children are still learning about pilgrims and turkeys and quote-unquote Indians. And the perception still is not what what the reality really is. And when when you superimpose what is happening in Standing Rock to that greater concept of what Thanksgiving is supposed to be. We are living in a historical moment. In the future, when our children grow up, they're going to be reading about this in history books. And what is the narrative going to say? Is that pipeline going to go through? And if that pipeline goes through, what is the fallout for having access to oil. What are the people of Standing Rock going to endure? What is the devastation that is going to come upon them because of this need for this pipeline? And these are some of the questions that we really have to dig deep into because this is what it's about. It's about land. It's about money. Is it really about progress? No, the only progress you're going to see is people's bank accounts getting bigger and suffering um, coming from the, um, uh, not only the, the natives of, of South Dakota and, and always, like you said, to Chicago and St. Louis and all that Midwest, that what we're finding out that that waterway or the, uh, the pipeline will affect the waters in all those areas. So there's going to be some serious fallout. But I want to say to you that earlier today I um, listened to and watched um, a, a heartfelt um, uh, cry from our sister, uh, Queen Yonazada, and it was touching because until you go and physically see what's going on out there, you really can't recognize how deeply committed people are. And I wanted to say in, in behalf of her and many of the women who were out there, because she mentioned the women that are in the forefront, and, and we must respect that, and we need to honor that, but men, we need to stand up and lead the way. But I want to say to you that there was a proverb, uh, a Cheyenne proverb that said, a nation is not conquered until the hearts of its women are on the ground. And to all the sisters who are out there on the battlefield, Keep your heart to the heavens. Don't let the hearts go. Don't, your hearts can't be heavy, so heavy that it hits the ground. It's like the flag. You can't let it hit the ground because there is a power in the force uh, that is ready to bring about justice in the world and in this situation. 
And I want to refer back to uh, our, our great esteemed brother, Russell Means. And I just come back to him because he was a spiritual leader and a wise man among us that many did not know um, about. But he once said, he said, if you live longer than I do, and you hear that the winds have hit the White House, no, that was me. And I say that knowing that right now as we are on air, there are some tremendous things taking place around the globe and, and concerning the weather. And um, who knows if the winds are going to hit the White House. It may need to hit the White House today. It may need to clean that house out and maybe destroy it. But I'm just saying, he, he, that was prophetic talk. But his thing is, whether I'm here or not, there are going to be some sweeping changes. And nature is going to take its course and be on the side of the righteous. So I say, fear not, sisters who are on the battlefield. Keep your hearts up. Do not let them stress you out. Do not lose faith. Go forward, never backwards. So... James, the uh, we have a, a uh, someone in, is instant messaged me in the uh, in Facebook and wanted to know: Is there any documentation on the length of the pipeline? Well, according to the Onion, the proposed pipeline is 1,172 mile crude oil pipeline that would carry 470,000 barrels of oil a day to wildlife habitats, Native American cultural sites, and drinking water sources across four different states. Mm. So it it could be more to it than that, but that is the hardcore nutshell of what this pipeline represents. And then a little further down in this art, and this, I like this uh, presentation on the onion.com because it's a fast read. So what animals can we expect to see covered in oil if the pipeline ruptures into the Missouri River, which is the biggest question because of the drinking water and accidents always happen with these things. So red-throated loons, American badges, interior terns, harlequin ducks, just to name a few, not to mention what it's going to do to the people in the area. We know there's going to be a lot of damage and the damage, you know, uh, to the ecology and to the, to the land and to the water is sometimes um, you can't turn it back. You can't have an oil spill and think that you can clean it up and drink that water. It's, you know, it's just, just something too far-fetched to believe. Um, I want to say that it, so the best defense to this thing is to stop it from happening from the very beginning. And hopefully that can happen. Now, I want to say to you, I believe that we have um, come to that point where our special guest is here now, live and in person, our wonderful, wonderful sister. Sister Yonazada, is your mic live? Can you hear me? Can you hear me? Yes, ma'am. How are you? I want to apologize for being late. I've been on back-to-back radio shows all for the past hour (laughs) and conference calls and 
and I'm losing my voice too, which is not good. Um, well, we're not going to stress you today to speak loud. Your your work is speaking loud enough, and we just want to know from you this evening. First of all, how you are doing? You know, I wish I could say I I am in great spirits, but I'm not. Um, with the raid that happened in Standing Rock, North Dakota last night. Not the raid, I'm sorry, the terrorist attack that happened, you know, really put a damper on my spirit as I wasn't physically there. But my friends and and you met you met Floris and Wash Day We yeah. and they were on the front line. And you met Floris who was arrested and was thrown into a dog kennel yeah. um, in October, hmm. and with um, they put a number on her on um to you know they wrote a number on her body to show the number that she is and while she was in there, and you know so you you physically met people you know the Floris and Washday We and even you met Natani Natani yeah. means was um. They they beat him, um, you know, at the raid in October as well, and so and arrested him, and they're both dealing with criminal federal charges, mm-hmm. and they didn't even have there there is no nothing. There's no reason why they need to be dealing with a federal charge or a criminal trespassing while being on native land. Right. You know, if anything, America needs to be, they're the ones that trespass against us. Wow. So, you what know, about Keith but I wish I could be in the best. Uh, yeah. Keith's case, he wasn't there during that raid, and nor was he there yesterday. Um, but he did, his charges were dropped. Beautiful. Um, yeah, his charges was dropped. And um, so now we're just keeping the fight for Florice and my cousin Red Fawn, who, um, if you put in hashtag free Red Fawn, you'd know her story, but they have her down as attempted murder against the police, and she had a prayer stick. She didn't, it wasn't no attempted murder. She didn't even have, like, you know, they're using her. And so she's in jail. They won't, you know, we was able to get the what the tribe was able to get her bail money of a hundred thousand dollars, and they're not trying to release her off a of bail, and so, yes. I was gonna say they're trying to make examples. They're trumping up charges. It's like when you said Keith got uh, a charge because he actually took pictures or he filmed some activity mm-hmm. there, and we know mm-hmm. he's trumping up charges. So we're gonna have a prayer, and I don't know if you heard that. You know, we 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 um, played the um, a prayer, uh, the traditional Lakota prayer, to open up this evening's meeting. You know, um, and talk with you. And our prayer goes out to every single soldier, every single warrior, every single protector that's out there, because we know Thank you. Well. Yes, ma'am. Thank all you. Right. I, I we are, we all appreciate it, and you know whether we are. You know, this affects us all, and um, and every single one of us is affected. This is not just an indigenous native issue. Um, this is happening on native land because this is the beginning of the head of this this snake 
but mm. we are cutting this snake by its head at, on and standing rock because um, we don't want this snake to uh, go along the Missouri River to spread its oil venom to the people that drink their water from the Missouri River and that the 200 rivers that are attached to the Missouri River. So this is a human rights issue. And anyone that drinks water, you know, it's so crazy to see these dapple workers that are spraying. Last night they sprayed water cannons at the people. And the water cannons, in 19-degree in weather, they spray water cannons. But the water cannons were not only just water, but it was mixed with tear gas. And they sprayed that with rubber bullets and, and sound cannons. And they, um, but, they, but they're sitting back drinking water. And it's mm-hmm. like... <laughs> Like, this is also going to affect your water, too, and you over mm-hmm. here defending an oil pipeline that is going to erupt and, and, and put oil in the water. So, we, so you know, we all need water. That's, that's what it all boils down to. Our DNA is water, and we, all, we are all protecting the water. Well... I know earlier when I listened to your plea and your prayer, um, it was definitely touching um, over the over the internet. And you asked everyone who hears the sound of your voice to text on their phones "water" to the number eight two six two three water, and that would give us updates, a continuous updates on what's taking place out there in South Dakota. Am I correct? Yes, okay. yes. Um, so text water to eight two six two three to to donate. If you text it now, you put in your zip code to find out what action and what's happening in your city in regards to solidarity um, actions for Standing Rock. And then on Friday, you would get a notification to donate whatever you can to help the Legal Defense Fund for against no doubt. Um, you know. Um, against the dapple and you will also get a link to watch a live concert that myself and everyone else were putting together um to uh raise money um so that's what we're doing now so that's on friday through saturday it's a live concert Mm -hmm. that we are um that we're doing friday and saturday so let's this is um, Rafika. Let's let's just give a, a a little timeline to put this in perspective. When when is the actual groundbreaking uh, scheduled? Um, they've been doing it. It's no official, but they already been they already have laid out um, over twenty miles of um, of leveling out the wall um, the, for the pipeline. Mm-hmm. It's already level land of over, I think, over 50, 20, 50 miles, and they're already by the river. So they have, um, they, as of yesterday, they went on a certain someone's private property and have begun already drilling and drilling to, I think, 36 feet all the way down, already down, to begin um, installing the pipes. Mm-hmm. Mm. So this has been this has been something that they already began starting in April. Okay. 
So we're pretty much almost uh, eight months into this, them trying to move forward and us trying to stall them. Um, I know that previously folks have asked you just what has happened with the federal government, um, you know, in terms of intervening. What What is happening? Is anything happening? Um, in regards to um, what the court and the, the federal? Yes. Oh, um, stopping the, the Corps of Engineers, you know, from the, I'm saying from the top. What is the White House saying? Is anybody saying anything in the top of the government? No, they're, they're, they're the Army Corps of Engineers, the Commander-in-Chief is President Obama. Um, he's been saying words to pacify, to, to try to get people to think that it has halted. Um, he hasn't made an executive order. He hasn't done anything. Um, no one has. The 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 um the thirty two funders that are funding thirty two banks that are funding this pipeline are banks that so many people use, probably including old, that Obama and Hillary and Trump are involved in, you know, which is Chase, Bank of America, T D Bank, SunTrust, Citibank. I mean, I could go on and on. Every major bank basically that's in on every corner of any city is involved in this, if, if, except any credit unions or not, and, um, and black-owned banks or not. So we're asking everyone to divest, take your money out of these banks. Um, there was already a bank, I believe, in Switzerland. I need to get the actual facts on it, but mm-hmm. that pulled from, the, from DAPL because they were losing their customers. So that's the power, but that was overseas because there are overseas banks involved in this as well. But that's just the power of what we could do here in America because it's happening here in our own backyard. So we have to divest and take our money out of these banks. And um, But the federal government, is they're the ones that's doing this. This is a federal fight. Um, they're not acknowledging the treaty of 18, I think it's 1861 or 1862, they're not acknowledging this treaty. Um, You know, um, they need to acknowledge the treaty because that is what the land that they're on, they're on treaty land. So this is a a federal fight. Obama could say stop it. He could put in an executive order. The question is why isn't he? Right. That's the question. You know, is he is he working out a deal with Trump in order for him to save his Obamacare, in order for him to be able, you know, is he what is he working out with Trump right now? Because Trump is invested in this pipeline. He's invested in many pipelines as well as Hillary. If we look mm-hmm. at the history of our wars in the Middle East, um, from pipelines, yeah. it is the same. Army Corps of Engineers and Energy Transfer that has been doing so much things from the breaking of the levees in Katrina to now this. And Obama has already um, cleared two pipelines, the Comanche Trail Pipeline, and um, he did this in May, as well as another pipeline throughout Texas to go to Mexico. So he, you know, this is this is something that even if he reroutes it even if he reroutes it, he the water is still owned by the Standing Rock Sioux Tribe. They have the the rights to the water, so they can't. He can't re really reroute it. They just have to put it to a total halt mm-hmm. and really push 
push, you know, alternative energy vehicles and alternative energy. That's 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 really the outcry. We need alternative energy, reasonable, financially affordable vehicles, so we won't need crude oil. Absolutely, you hit it right on the head. But let me say, you mentioned um, treaties, and from a historical mm-hmm. standpoint. Trees have not meant much to the the American people. They mm-hmm. have, have many treaties that they have yet to honor. And I know that this has um, been something that's been going on forever. And I know it caused what they call the Republic of Lakota to come into existence. Mm-hmm. Is that still something out there? Because I heard about that 20-some-odd years ago, the Republic of Lakota. Um uh, are they involved with the movement in terms of um, the DAPL? That's who we are. Oh. We are that. Yeah, we are the Lakota, Dakota, Nakota people. We mm. we that treaty is all of us. That um all of our all of our nations. We are all of our leaders um, signed that treaty. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so we all. So this is this is. Uh, you know, after Custer's last stand, that was the treaty that was um, signed for the for this land. Mm. You know, there's so, a, yeah. a great significance to see who is spearheading this um, uh, fight to keep the earth sacred, to keep the water pure, and it's 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 really very honorable, but it's absolutely uh, essential that the first, I'm going to use the term, first Americans be that voice because they were the caretakers of this land. And that job has yet to be relinquished. They are still, as we all should be, but by birthright. Yeah. By birthright. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, as indigenous people, when I mean by indigenous, I mean original people. Mm-hmm. Um, all indigenous people from Africa, South America, all all over the world, we are supposed to be the caretakers of this land. This is what God gave us was this was earth. He said this is, you know, go go fulfill and, and flourish and do what you know. We're supposed to be the caretakers of it. Um, as even as Africans when we were forced and kidnapped and brought here it was also a responsibility that we're supposed to be the caretakers of this land as well. And, you know, um, and it, and it's this, this goes down to the responsibility. You know, it was crazy when I was in Standing Rock, one of the elders was saying when we had a, a sacred fire, he said that black people are the, are the fire nation. We're the keepers of the fire. Every mm. race of people have a responsibility to something of the elements of the earth and we are the as black people we're the we're the keepers of the fire. We're the we're the fire keepers, we're the fire nation. And when you look at that and then you have that the natives that are the keepers of this earth, you know, of that element. And you know, so we it, it's it's very deep when you really start going into the direction, you know, the four directions and the medicine will and the keepers of each, you know, the responsibility of what we're supposed to have. But um, we are supposed to be 
that. We're supposed to be holding on to these elements. We're supposed to be being uh, taking responsibility for what God has given us. And um, and if we don't, then we're going to continue to see a fall of our people and the fall of a world that Absolutely. is, um, yeah. We Absolutely. had a time right now. We had a time right now where it's um it's a huge responsibility for us to unify. We have no choice. You know, Trump being elected was a was an alarm clock for those that wasn't woke and those that wasn't acting upon their wokeness. So they wasn't, you know, um so now the alarm clock has went off and we cannot continue to segregate and separate our issues no more. We're not going to be able to live and flourish that way. We cannot continue to say, oh, this is just a black people's issue. This is just a native people issue. This is just a Mexican or Latino or Spanish-speaking indigenous issue. This is just a Asian issue or a poor white issue. We have to begin to look at who our common oppressor is, unite and fight against that oppressor. That's the where we're at right now. We're at a fight of good and evil. You know, if you look into the biblical stance of the Bible, if you look into the Quran where it talks about the end of days, it talks about the different tribes that came from all over, from different regions, from different areas that came together in the 144,000. It wasn't just one tribe of nation so sometimes we have to get out of this mentality and thinking so small minded to think that oh you know only black people are going to make it to the hereafter what no there's some ignorant evil black folks I don't want to see in the hereafter you know what I'm saying like (laughs) (laughs) so you know it's really against good and evil right now we have to really elevate ourselves and elevate, and I think Trump um, is needed in regards to to us to wake that wake up, wake up, and to really begin doing and really begin unifying and not just talking about it. So what's happening in Standing Rock is um, not just a Native issue. It's not just a Native fight. It's in everyone's fight. Um, what's happening against you know, in the um, against you know um, kidnapping and you know the and did, um, missing woman and all of that is not just a native fight and or uh, an in Spanish speaking indigenous fight. All everybody, a lot of women are dealing with that. We have to be able to begin to fight together. We have right. to, yeah. But I think one of the things we need to focus on is the. The spirit of the, the 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 people insisting that this pipeline go through these sacred lands. They are not people mm-hmm. who are concerned by nature because if they were, they would have sought an alternative from the beginning. This is not the first time that America has dug through lands of sacred people in order to advance their wealth or their cause. That's true. That's true. This is not their first time, and they continue, They, you know, as everyone is about to celebrate a holiday of Thanksgiving, you know, um, there is, they, they are still taking. They continue to take, 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 
you know, anyone that has ever got anything taken away from this system and this federal government should not be celebrating any of these holidays that are um, symbols of what they have taken. You're so right. Thanks taken. And, you know, and I would say to you is that um, even though the timing of what's happening in South Dakota and the so-called holiday coming up very shortly sort of coincide, um, every day we should make a point to share the history of our Native American brothers and sisters, their rich traditions, because if we examine who they are and why they are, we would have a greater respect and a healthier love for them. And I'm saying that not only mm-hmm. for black folks, but for all folks. If, if white people really earnestly listened to the history, it earnestly felt the pain of what their fathers and their forefathers have brought about, then maybe we can make some headway. Maybe there would be a number of white folks standing at the front of the line trying to halt this um, this Dakota uh, pipeline system that they're putting in. And I do know that there there, there is a diverse group coming about because there are some conscious white folks. We just need to have a whole lot more to join in and to make this a human rights affair, you know. Well, I, I want to say this, is that there is a lot. <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. I mean, it was to the point where we was all like, okay, this can't be looking like Coachella now. But it was like <laughs> there are so many um, progressive thinking white people that are in Standing Rock. There is so many. And, I mean, when it comes to environmental issues and environmental protests, it's always the white people and Native people. The problem is is that black America needs to know that their water, their water rights matter, that air rights matter, that land matters and mm-hmm. that's 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 the thing that why what I'm doing that's what that's exactly why I was asked to bring what's happening at Standing Rock to urban America because the only news source that is not talking about Standing Rock is black media mm-hmm. I, it, it, that's the reason why brother you was with us in New York when we did that media run and I, I shout out to Charlemagne for yes. even giving us that opportunity to go on the Breakfast Club to talk about what's happening in Standing Rock. Shout out to Doggy Diamonds and all hip hop. You know, you went with us and took us yes. around to all of the places for us to let these urban, you know, media outlets know. But black media and black America is not talking about this on a, on a level that they know that that can be talked about. And that is the problem, and that's the issue. And and it, it's heartbreaking for me because because I am of two great nations of people, of black and Native American, it, it's heartbreaking to me to see that this is a simple one, two, three. Why aren't, you, why aren't more people coming to Standing Rock? You know, I mean, I get calls of people saying that, you know, within the black community saying, I want to come to Sandy Rock. What hotel do I stay at? Wait, what? No, you're going to camp out. <laughs> like, mm. like white people know how to camp out. White people know how to, like, white people know how to camp out. They know how they are. They're always in the indigenous communities all around the world. 
you mm. always see a white folk per, a white person there in Mongolia. You see a white person there in Siberia. You see a white person there in Canada. You know, they're always there. But you don't rarely see, a, you know, because of the fact that we have to break the chains of what this common oppressor has put upon us in regards to where they see us fit to be. Why does white people, why the, you know, why does white people always, they always, they have a mentality like, no, I'm free, so I'm going to go everywhere. Why do we in 2016 as black people feel that we still have to ask Massa if we should go and stand with Native Americans or Standing Rock? We got to break the chains. You're so right. Let's talk about this for a moment because as you're speaking, it's actually touching my heart because, the first thing that comes to mind is this, that we are people, meaning black people, who are without land. We don't know mm-hmm. about air rights. We don't know about water rights. When you learn a little bit about real estate, there's you know, air rights and there's water rights. We have no rights. So you're talking about a people who have, in their own eternal self, feel like they have no rights to land. So therefore, they don't want to fight for anything. You can't talk to a person living... In the project, talking about paying taxes on real estate when they don't have no real estate, they can't comprehend that. So you're right. There has to be a re-education, and we have to communicate yes. with our people. And it takes a, a, a woman like yourself who comes from both ends of uh, uh, two separate tribes, the black and the red, and coming together, you, can, you are the perfect um, communicator to our people, so it's good that you still have such a young spirit that you can reach some of the young ones who would, who need to know, who need to know who can re, who can act instead of react, and be well informed. So we're mm-hmm. with you with that in regards. Whatever we can do to help get this word out to our people, we shall be there for you and with you. So let Thank me take you. this and moment. I, and I appreciate you. I appreciate let me take- you both um, wanting that to do that. Yeah. I don't know if my mic is I let me let me take this moment and let our listeners know those of you who are listening via internet, you can call in at two one three nine four three three six one eight. Two one three nine four three three six one eight and speak directly to Queen Yanazaha. And we have a lot of callers on the line and you just have to press the number one on your keypad to let us know that you are ready to speak. Your opinions, your comments are are welcome. And your support. And your support is needed. Your support is needed. I mean, the comment that you were making, you you both were speaking about black people's um, position on when we engage and when we don't engage. And this is a big conversation because we are very vocal when white officers shoot black people, we are not very vocal when black people are embarking that kind of activity amongst ourselves, and we certainly are not involved when the natives need our support. But you know, we always wait. Wait, we was wait. We we was always quick to say, "Well, my great grandfather was right." Right. But when you need our right. help, where are we? Right. You know, it, it's it's crazy you said that uh, because on social media, a lot of people started tagging me into 
other posts that people were saying and sharing and spreading, which was, oh, so what, Native Native Americans want our help now, but where were they at when our when our people were dying on the street? What do you mean where they were at? They was right there on the front line fighting against police brutality because Native Americans make up 1% of the population. So when there was marches that was going on that was about, you know, 10,000 people strong, and there were mm. three natives that was there because that's 1% of the population, you know what I'm saying, of the population, mm-hmm. yes. the United States population. So the thing is is that, you know, there is a Native Lives Matter coalition that I know personally of Gabrielle Black Elk, who his brother was murdered in Denver, and so he's been at every action, every protest, uh, you know, um, in from New York all the way to California. Not mm-hmm. just bringing the awareness of what happened to his brother, but also in solidarity with Eric Garner, with Mike Brown, with, you know, he actually got locked up during um, the action um, with, uh, with the brother in um, Cleveland. That was uh, Sterling. Uh, mm-hmm. the altars. Yeah, he was actually locked up by protesting, you know, um, for Alter Sterling, and he got he got arrested. Him and mm-hmm. a group of other Native Americans, but that it made mainstream news like that because of the mm-hmm. fact that once again, people the compass Native Americans conversation don't come up only until around the time of Christopher Columbus Day and Thanksgiving. Right. Let me tell you, every activist, every Native speaker, every Native American I know that are speakers that are involved in some type of platform, whether it's artists or whatever, the the biggest time where we all are very busy is in November. That is hmm. because of Native American Recognition Days and Thanksgiving. My hmm. phone, I, like I said, I did like so many radio shows prior to getting on yours because, and this is how my day-to-day is every year around Thanksgiving because that's the only time people want to talk about Native Americans. And, hmm. and, and the thing is, is that Every, every, like, I, I, I've been telling people in, in, like, the leadership, like, the last, last week in Newark was the, um, the World Black Convention, you know, conference, and I said, you know, they asked me to be a part, and I said, that's good, you know, let's get more Natives apart, because imagine the, imagine a Native American young person that is five or six, and when he turns, he or she turns on the television, he doesn't see himself at all. When he goes on social media, he doesn't see himself. He doesn't see actors. He doesn't see any natives that are basketball players. He doesn't see all the only history or anything that he knows of a role model was from the 1800s or the early 1900s or the 1700s. So he doesn't see himself. So when so we always talk about we you know Black America has Obama, Black Black America have Martin Luther King has even even this close to even now Jay Z and Beyonce, <laughs> you know what I'm saying Native people young people do not have no one in mainstream or even as a leader to even look up to so they have their they have those that's in their community to look up to, even if they if they're not on drugs or on alcohol. So the so the the that's why the suicide rate is so high because there is no hope amongst young people. That's why alcoholism is so high because 
there because it's a forgotten population nation of people that were the first Americans here, the first nations here. They are forgotten even in 2016. You don't see them at the leadership convention. Mm. The only person that always constantly brings Native Americans forth is the Honorable Minister Louis Barragon. That's the only black leader that's constantly, but even even black America still questions him, why is he talking about Native people? Because we're here. Mm. And we're one. You know, and I, we ain't I was, going I, nowhere. Not going nowhere. <laughs> you know, I, I will tell you, uh, my wife and I, we, uh, we live uh, around the corner, basically from a reservation here in New York. And uh, I have worked very closely with the natives on the east end of Long Island. I speak about the uh, Shinnecock and also the Apuspatuck uh, uh, Reservation here in Long Island. And these are our brothers and our sisters. And I will tell you, uh, they're proud people. And you can see the pain. It comes out. They can't hide it. Uh, it's just overwhelming. And sometimes most of us are not equipped to help um, heal the pain. But one thing I could say, if we just give an ear to some of what they are experiencing even now, not just to take it back in historically, but what are, you, what are you dealing with? What are the issues you're dealing with now? You'll know as a black man or black woman listening to this, you have the same concerns, the same issues, uh, but it's their pride that has been broken uh, more so because, again, this is their land, you know. But one thing I've, I was told is that they didn't see it as their land in terms of taking ownership. It was their land to take care of. So if they take care of their land, the land will take care of them. And that is the yeah. overwhelming spirit they give off to you. Um, I, I just have to share that with you because um, I, I'm in love with our people. When I say our people, I'm talking about our brothers and sisters from the, uh, from the, the Red Nation. I, I, I call it that. And I say that to you this. I have a picture in my home. I think it's a, a photo of uh, one of my relatives, and I love this, the saying, all my relations, um, mm-hmm. who, who was a woman about Four foot eight feet, not even five feet tall, but it had hair all the way down to her ankles. And she was a mm-hmm. Delaware Indian. And she's my great grandmother. Mm-hmm. I had never met her. And I went to a funeral in South Jersey. And I seen this woman on the wall, one of my relatives' home. And I asked who it was. And a week or so later, this photo was sent to me to remind me that, as mm-hmm. you said, we're all related. So you can't yeah. get away from it. If you was a slave in America or your family was a slave in America at any time, when they left those plantations and ran away into the hills or ran away into the, uh, into the, uh, into the wild, so to speak, the only people who open up their doors to feed us and protect us and, and give us strength spiritually and physically was the American Native Indian. And many of us mm-hmm. have had mixed blood because of that experience. So when I hear brothers yeah. talk about that, I'm like, y'all just don't understand. Some of you got th- that blood in you. You just don't know and you don't recognize. So yes. we're all one. We're all one. Yes. All my That's religions. Right. 
Yeah. All my relation, Matakiasi. Yes. Thank I, you. <laughs> yes. So um, I don't want to hold you too long, sister, but I do need the audience, for those who don't know who you are, they know what you're doing. That says enough for who you are. But to take us back, and I know that you've so told the story so many times, but I want you to talk to us about your wonderful mother, Juanita Longworth, and, you know, how you came to take on the mantle of what she was fighting for for many years and your, your evolution, you know, or your evolution into this revolution. Go ahead and start. You know, um, my, my mother, the late Juanetta Longworth, Wakia Luthawini, um, which means rest under woman, she was full-blood Ogallala Lakota from Pine Ridge, South Dakota. And she, um, she used to work for Muhammad Ali, and she also, that's how she was introduced into the Nation of Islam, and as well as to Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan. And she was such a phenomenal woman in regards to, she, under, she began to learn and began to work with people from all walks of life. She was a part of the American Indian Movement. Uh, where I was born during the longest walk from Washington, D.C., I mean, from Alcatraz, California, to Washington, D.C. And she um, she met my father, who was from Brooklyn, New York, a black man, and they had me, and, you know, and um, he became abusive, and he also was in and out of prison. And um, my mother ended up being because of guilty of association. She ended up running away from the feds because they were looking for her. And we, I was raised everywhere. And my mother, um, the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan, uh, found my mom and said, you know, he wanted her to help with build, rebuilding the nation of Islam in the 80s. And when she did, she was, she introduced him to a lot of Native American leaders and leadership and culture and our ways and and he actually also was on the front line in Big Mountain in the 80s as the government was trying to force the Hopis off of the land in Big Mountain Arizona and he stood and camped out you know um, as you know with with the Hopis side by side and with the natives that was all there coming together uniting at that time my um and the government ended ended up not coming. Um, so, you know, his presence alone was very powerful. And um, he also uh, was, you know, him and my mother was involved with President Umar Gaddafi. When uh, Umar Gaddafi used to do, in Libya, used to do these indigenous conferences. And these indigenous conferences, he, you know, President Gaddafi had a, a, a beautiful love for indigenous people all around the world. And so there was money that was given to the Nation of Islam to help rebuild the nation, and some of that money went to my mother's account to help pay the workers of the, some of the work of building the homes of the Phoenix Palace. And um, the government needed to find someone that had a prior record, and um, and so they found my mother because of the association with my father that so she ended up doing seven to ten years in prison because she would not give up any information 
of her relationship with with Minister Farrakhan or President Gaddafi. And during that time, Minister Farrakhan adopted me and my brother, and we grew up living in Phoenix. I mean, in Chicago. And when my mother was released, she ended up using that what she went through, and she ended up going into prisons and teaching them about cultural diversity. She ended up teaching them about, um, build, you know, she started actually to help Native Americans to have sweat lodge ceremonies. She started helping Native youth get out of gangs and to help Native people against substance abuse. And um, she ended up becoming a counselor, a substance abuse counselor and a motivational speaker, and she would speak all around the country on healing. So she used her experience of her being in prison to begin to start healing others and to um and to really she went into a very holistic lifestyle and um and she as a matter of fact off of that off of that she came up with the theme of the Savior's Day of um heal the wounds. Savior's Day. She came mm-hmm. up with that theme um, and I forgot what year that was the Savior's Day in California, but it was called Heal the Wounds. That was the theme of that Savior's Day. So my mother became a, a, a very phenomenal medicine woman. She poured water, meaning that she would um, conduct sweat lodge ceremonies. And my mother was, um, you know, she was such a, to see her transform as a young child and, and and as I got older and as she got older, you know, she really began to really delve into living a very strong spiritual life and a healing life and she began to forgive many people of the wrongs that they have done to her. So the same prison that she went to and um when she was in prison, they asked her to come and to teach those Wardens about um, You know cultural Diversity and cultural sensitivity Training mm-hmm. And and when she was there They didn't even know They thought they was calling some Native American woman To come, come to find out It's the woman that was in her in their prison <laughs> And they was like Oh my god And she said that that was the, that was the ultimate get back You know it was such a, one of those things Where she just saw how Her life went 360 so my mother passed away of full-blown lung cancer in 2003, December 21st, so coming up on her anniversary, and um, she never smoked or anything. And it was something we found out that it was something that she may have ate or drank while she was in prison. So mm-hmm. you know she um, she incorporated Western medicine as well as holistic medicine. They gave her six months to live with the lung cancer. She lived with it for two years. Mm-hmm. And she planned out her memorial. She she gave, I mean, her departure was, I, I thank a lot and God every day the way that she prepared all of us of her transition. And when the minister passed, I mean, I'm sorry, when my mother passed away, I spoke to the minister, and the minister said to me, he said, your mother has prepared you for this. And now she has given the torch to you. And I didn't really understand that. But as I'm coming upon 10 years of helping 
and, and working and doing the work of my mother, I see that I am also doing the work of God in regards to unifying our people and coming into a new level of consciousness in regards to why we must unite in this time that we're in. And I look at, you know, I'm not a scholar. I'm not a, um, you know, my vocabulary may not be the best and, you know, or, or I'm not the the leader that people may look at me. I'm just a, I'm just a, a young sister and your sister that has been through a life and I share my life story and I, and out of my experiences of what I've learned, I try to share that with others and act upon those experiences. And, and I thank God for my mom because my mother did such a great job in teaching my brother and myself in regards to being proud of who we are and, and to always stand up for truth and to never let anyone tell us who we are not. And that's what I have always stand firm on. My mother was a phenomenal organizer, a great, you know, she like I said, she worked for Muhammad Ali. She was the woman behind the Thriller of Manila, the Rumble and the Jungle. So when it comes to promotions and PR, my mother taught me all of that. And she taught me business and taught me how to organize and taught me how to put together an event by bringing people from all walks of life. So I, she taught me this at a young age. So what I'm doing now today is what my mother had me doing when I was 12 and 13 years old helping her. So I, I you know, that I thank God for her and her life, and I believe that she's with me all the time. I feel her with me at, at times when I feel I really need my mother by my side. I feel her strong, strongly, and I also, you know, and God sends people to me that remembers her and may share a story to keep me pushing. So yes. thank you for giving me that opportunity to share my mother with oh, you all. I'm feeling the spirit, and, uh, you know, there's so much that you could probably tell about your mom, but I, I don't know if it's appropriate to ask, but would you see your mom in such a light that God blessed her to have spiritual gifts to share with many as counselors? Yes, my mother was a very highly spiritual woman. Uh, there are certain people that came to me and told me things that my mother shared or knew, you know, and I strong I I my mother would train me in regards to my spiritual gifts at a very young age. And, you know, there's something as a mother, you see things in your children that your children may not see. And and even with my sons, even with my youngest son, I my youngest son told me the other day, he said, Mommy, he said, um, I'm going to tell your story the way, he said, I'm going to continue telling, telling the people who you are like the way you tell who your mom is. And I said, wow. And my son's five. And my mother said, I mean, my son said to me, he said, and I don't feel bad when you have to go and leave me to be, he said, because I know that you're fighting for the people. And I don't mind that. And you're fighting for not just the people, but he said, but you're fighting for me and my brother. Mm. So, you know, our children, 
my mother, my, you know, my mother saw certain things in me as a child and groomed me as I'm doing the same with my sons as well. So speaking to you from a mother and of a woman who lives in the spirit of her mother, what do you, what do you see in the future for your, your, your children? You have experienced life on a different level. You have really hands-on, physically engaged in the ugly in this world, right? And you've also mm-hmm. embraced the beauty in this world at a very young age. So you, you mm-hmm. have maybe walked one more times than the other, right? Mm-hmm. So when you're, you're looking in the eyes of, those, of those, that beautiful five-year-old and he's talking to you this way, what do you see for him? In the future You know I was praying earlier That we That me and my sons have a very long And prosperous life I don't know what tomorrow holds But I pray that My prayers are answered In regards to A peaceful Harmonious life that all of us Can live including my sons And that they're able to live As I can live too To see their children and their children's children, you know, I look at the life of my grandfather, the Honorable Miss Louis Farrakhan and Mother Khadija, and I it warms my heart that they're able to see their children's children's children, you know, be born, <laughs> you know, and to see the legacy of whether it's their blood or not their blood families continue on and to see, you know, and so I pray that I am able to see that and I pray that my sons are able to see that and and to see it in a, I don't want my sons to continue to repeat the words Mm -hmm. of fighting for freedom, justice, and equality. We must have freedom. I want my sons to say, thank God we have freedom, justice, and, and equality. Thank God we are free at last. <laughs> That's right. You know, I want my sons to say, thank God we are here. You know, that was a beautiful day when when we could say, thank God we have a black president. But unfortunately, that black president didn't give us the freedom that we all needed. <laughs> you know, but hopefully we are able to see um, we're able to see that freedom that all of our ancestors have fought for, and we're able to not only see it but experience and live it. Well, we have to take a very, very uh, brief commercial break. So, Yanazaha, don't go nowhere. Hold the line. Okay. The Keys 107. We'll be right back. Fluff presents the alphabet is available on Amazon.com and on Kindle. So get your copy today. For more information, visit them online www.thefluffffamily.com. 
107 with your host, Rafika and Brother Jay. When you talk about the vision that you have for your child growing up, I'm sure when you're on the front line in standing or at Standing Rock and you're watching a reenactment of historically events that we look at TV footage, you know, we hear about our parents telling us, elders speaking of these things that happened so we could so-called have the freedom and the movement that we have in our country today, but you're seeing this happen in real life. And this resonates deep in my heart to know that people are being beaten, poisons are being sprayed on them, pepper sprayed, and just really pushed off their land um, for wealth. And then when I look at my son, who is 16, growing up in this world, who is bright-eyed and optimistic about where he can go in his future, to know that there are these kind of tactics being done. And I'm sure because it's not exposed many other places in the world today, right? Because if it wasn't for social media, I think as far as we know about Standing Rock, we would not know. And I know you can attest to that. Oh, yeah. Social media is a powerful tool. Social media is changing the world. Um, is bringing the world at your fingertips and able to, if it wasn't for social media, a lot of the injustice that we have been, that we always see in any people of color or oppressed people's community, we always seen the police brutality. We always seen corporations coming in and invading land that doesn't belong to them. We've always seen, you know, um, so much injustice in our own backyard, but now with social media and a simple thing as a cell phone, now we can expose what has all, all, this is nothing new. Standing Rock, what's happening in Standing Rock has been happening throughout indigenous communities for centuries. So even the way that America was established was, 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 <laughs> was a standing rock, you know what I'm saying, in regards to mm-hmm. so, um So thank God for social media. And that's what they're trying to do in standing rock. They're trying to block our signals, um, you know, from from even documenting it. They're, like you said, we talked about Keith. They arrested him because he was videotaping. That's the power of they, they actually put out warrants for people you know, for Amy Goodman that was documenting it, you know, they've been using all these tactics to regular, to even known media sources and putting out warrants or arresting them um, <clears throat> because they're documenting something that is happening that is unjust. So social media is powerful, and, and, you, and I always use it for every movement, everything that I do. I use social media to be able to bring awareness of what's happening. So we have about mm, roughly 15 minutes left, and we have some people who are on the line. One person wanted to send you blessings, and uh, Sister Darlene uh, Flowing Water wanted to let me know, wanted wanted me to tell you that you are representing to the fullest. I love her so much. (laughs) <laughs> I love her so much. That is my 
That is like a unchi. A, a unchi is a grandma. Unchi. I love her so much. Unchi. Uh, I love her so much. Yeah, she is such. She is when I was every time I'm on the front line, whether it's in the in the hoods or even out on the res, she always gives me an encouraging word that is beautiful. So, yeah, she's such a beautiful sister. Now, um, I just want to let you know that I think if I went up to Sister Darlene and called her Unchi, she might pinch me. I think only you can get away with that. <laughs> well, you know, you know, she, I'm I'm Lakota, so that's how you say it in my language. I don't know how you say grandma in her language. <laughs> okay. Well, we'll have to ask mm-hmm. her about that. But just um, mm-hmm. as we're beginning to wrap up, and we do have one caller that wants to check in with you, uh, what is your role uh, in in – I'm trying to read what this uh, writer wants. Well, well, no, what is your role in the native culture? In the what? In the native in the native culture with women in the native culture. I don't I don't understand the question. I, I don't understand the question. Either. I think what is the role of women in the native culture is the question that was. Oh, that's why right. we had to have a man you go help there, us understand you, that question. Before you go there, before you go to the answer that what question, what is the woman's role in native culture? Yes. Yes. But before you go there, I mean, we. In Native culture, our our people are matriarchal. Uh, where we come from, matriarchal societies historically. So the rum, the women are the heart of the home. The women are the heart of the movement. We are the heart of a nation. And so, um, and the men are the protectors. Are the you know are the providers. But the women, you know, are very well respected, are well received, and historically, the ceremonies came from that Buffalo Calf Maiden, who was a woman. And everything, if you even if even if you look at the teepee, the teepee looks like a dress. It looks like a skirt. Yes. And then you have the. Then you have the connection, the umbilical cord, which is the, the the stick that comes down the middle, which is connected to Father Sky, with the opening, which is the connecting of the universe, which is also the connecting of the womb, with the stars of the universe, the darkness that you see at night, mm-hmm. and the light that you see. So the TP, the the uh, the Nipi, the sweat lodge, is the womb of the woman. The womb of the Mother Earth. The everything is all around the woman. So we are the heart of our people. We and then and right now in Standing Rock, the women are the ones that are leading this movement. We are the ones that are stepping out there first because we feel the cries of Mother Earth as they as they are bulldozing and drilling away at the heart of her. We are feeling that pain. We are hearing the cries of the ancestors. I felt it when I stepped out there. That's why I stepped out there. It wasn't to get notoriety or any of that. It was because of the fact that I felt the cries and the heard the yells of our ancestors, and I heard the pain and the scrunching, 
what I of Mother Earth. I felt it all in my bones, in my spirit, in my heart, and in my so the woman, all of the women have been stepping out there first and standing rock against these dapple and the army and all of that because we are connected to the earth and we're connected to the water. So we are the heart. Wow, that that I think sums it up. We have about <clears throat> ten minutes and I'm gonna bring in caller Three four seven nine seven two. Your mic is live. Check in. Check in. Check check. Microphone check. One two one two. How are you? <laughs> I'm good. How, How are, are you? you? Uh, I am thankful. I am thankful, and I'm thankful to Rafika for putting me on to the program. Although I came in. Uh, in this time, but it's still relevant that the fact that I was able to get in uh, to speak with you. Um, yeah, Standing Rock is a, a true representation of the double speaking of this uh, country that was founded on injustice and all of the other things that come with it. Uh, founded by people who, as we are reading and seeing the patterns of low self-esteem and mental illness, uh, that is all being played out in Standing Rock. And I know that it is the divine feminine that is going to push the movement forward because it is the female energy that um, all the advertisements and everything is geared to to her. And once she awakens and see what time it is, and that's happening right now in Standing Rock because, you know, uh, I know as a mother myself, that we are not going to stand up for this anymore. You know, history will not repeat itself on in this time in space reality simply because uh, we do have the power of social media. And it's, you know, when technology works for the good of the people, it works very good. And when it doesn't, <laughs> it works very not so good. So in this, the word is getting out, and we're seeing, you know, the the, the double speaking of of what's going on here. And Mama Gaia, Mama Earth, who flows through us all, especially the divine uh, feminine. Uh, the divine feminine aspect, uh, you know, uh, displayed as the God goddess principle, because that force has to be, you know, animated through through us, through living life tissue and all of those things. So, in saying that, even though I am not on the ground physically. Spiritually, we can all send out the energy 
the word sound and power because that has energy, you know, through our heart, our heart, mind, brain to our brothers and sisters uh, in Standing Rock as it's being represented to what's happening around the world by these people who have this mental illness, uh, this low self-esteem, you know, this, this, this sickness of, of thinking that they can just do whatever they want to do, you know. Right. It's not going to fly in this particular time and space. So, right. the good work, my sister. Uh, and I will re-listen to the broadcast. Um, Rafika, thank you very, very much. You and your partner are always doing totally fabulous work. Well, Kofunia, we do thank you. I recognize your voice after you gave a few lines of encouragement to Queen Yanazada. And Queen Yanazada, I know that you are very busy, and we thank you so much for your spirit. We thank you for your courage. And you have a home, you have a home here on the Keys 107 Network. Thank think you. Of it as one of your media outlets that will help you in any way that we can to get the word out thank you. to our thank people. Thank you, Opila. Thank you. Now, let us know how you how we can get in touch with you um, publicly. Only share um, what you want people to have. <laughs> yeah, so um, this is two things. First thing is, um, it's, you can find me on all social media. It's Queen, Y-O-N-A-S-D-A. It looks like Yo Nazda. It's pronounced Yonazda. But it um, it looks like Yo Nazda, uh, Y O N A S D A. Last name is Lone Wolf. You can find me on all social media platforms. Um, next thing is text water to eight two six two three eight two six two three. Text water. Let's get involved. Let's get you all all plugged in on on everything that's happening in Sandy Rock. Eight two six two three. Text water. To 8263. Thank you so much, Keys, both of you all, Keys Radio Show, and for you both, and continue to stay woke, stay enlightened, and continue to just be who you all are, just beautiful, beautiful people. So thank you. And we're going to close out with a very special song for you and thank everyone you. standing at Standing Rock. But before we go, we want to let everyone know that all of our shows are archived on iTunes at The Keys 107. You can listen to the archive and blog talk radio at The Keys 107. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Join our group. And uh, you can email us with show suggestions or comments on this show to take the conversation one step further at suggestions at the keys 107 network.com yes, thank you so for coming on the keys 107 where we are we open doors to endless possibilities in the pursuit of love peace and happiness and we want to send our blessings our prayers out to you and all the uh, protectors of the borders out there in South Dakota until the next time stay blessed and Rafika, it's that time. And it, it, this was a very good show, so thank you so much. Right, the misgivings of Thanksgiving. And tomorrow, tune in. We're going to have four powerhouse women 
that's going to motivate you and get you on get you on the right track to moving to the next level. Sister Yanazaha, this is for you. Thank you. Morgan, Sister Darlene Flowing Water, you can get up and dance now.
in the pursuit of love, peace, and happiness with your host, Rafika and Brother James.